Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. Today we are talking with Dr. Steve O. Steph. I like to say it that way. I know that's his middle initial, but I like Steve O. Steph. We have Dr. Steve O. Steph right here in the sh- in the studio, along with his very smiling, wonderful, warm wife, Kathleen. But she's not going to be saying anything today. She's just here to observe and throw things at me right now. Oh, I'm dodging something. All right, and my gorgeous wife, Martha, is also right here in the studio with us today. And so we're going to have a discussion about... Dr. Steph's book, and I know I'm going to call you Steve, but you wrote this fantastic book called The Business Card and an impact in my life almost a year ago. Welcome to the show, Steve. Thanks, Jim. What a treat to be here. I appreciate it. Thank you. You say that at the beginning of the show. I hope you feel the same at the end of the show. I'm sure we will. Thanks. Martha, welcome back to the airwaves on I Work For Him. Thanks for having me. (laughs) you You are my bride of almost 28 years. I could do no better than to have you right by my right side on the air today. All right, Martha and I just got back from a whirlwind trip to Tucson celebrating my parents' 60th wedding anniversary. Hats off to John and Marie Brangenberg for 60 years of wedded bliss. I'm sure my mom probably wouldn't say that. My dad might not even say that. But, you know, they made it 60 years despite themselves with God at the center of their marriage. We're so grateful. We had the family in from all over the country. 
Thank you, Mom and Dad, for leaving a legacy for all of us that each one of us could strive to meet 60 years of being married. Thank you for doing that. All right, Steve, we're here to talk about your book, but before we get to that, you got anybody you want to say hi to on air? Is there anybody that cares that you're on the radio today? Yeah, we've, we've been blessed. We've got a lot of family in the Tampa Bay area, and uh, we've got some people listening live throughout the nation, I think, North Carolina and Kentucky and Tennessee, so... Uh, Thanks again for having us here. No, no problem. And I, and I can tell by, you know, you're not from Minnesota based on your accent. Where are no, you from originally? No, I'm not. Originally from Kentucky. Uh, <laughs> been in South Florida, Southwest Florida, by the way, for off and on for 40 years or so. But uh, you didn't, but you didn't uh, lose that Kentucky that, thing. Uh, that oh. Kentucky. Well, you'd be surprised. Maybe I did. <laughs> okay. Yeah, when right. I go home, trust me, I've lost it. Yeah. So you mentioned you got family all over the place. So you got yeah. you got kids, grandkids? We've got one son, 24 years old, and a beautiful daughter-in-law. And uh, they were married in August, moved to New Zealand in November, so they're not listening live. They could not get any further away That's from you? That's as far. We were just talking with Martha. If they go any further, they're heading back home. <laughs> so, wow. And that is our prayer, that they will just head back home. Nice. Yeah. Wow. What moved them to New Zealand? Uh, people ask me what he's doing in New Zealand. He's uh, whitewater rafting and camping and kayaking and hopefully learning and enjoying all they can possibly do in New Zealand. You know, he's not there to start a career. He's there to enjoy New Zealand. And praise God, I'm glad he's able to do that. <laughs> wow. that's not, I, Joshua, if you're listening to the show today, don't get any ideas. Yeah. I hear the surfing's terrible in he New Zealand. He could have picked someplace closer, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Jacksonville's far enough away. Yeah. All right. Talk to me about how Christ impacted your life. Oh, wow. Uh, I, I would say there are probably uh, a couple of remarkable turning points in my life. I was saved as a child. I'm from Kentucky, uh, western Kentucky. So you, it's a rule. You grow up as a Southern Baptist and you grow up in the church. Uh, I walked, uh, more accurately, I ran from the Lord for 15 more years or so. And... Uh, Finally, at the age of 30, went through a significant, 29, went through a significant change in life, a reckoning of uh, God finally saying, uh, Steve, I've held on to you this long. I'd like for you to kind of reach back. And uh, through my my bride here, Kathleen, and the circumstances, health, business, and everything else, it was just literally a change of life, just literally a change of location, change of life, change of everything. So that was that was pretty major. And then 10 years after that, or roughly 10 years after that, uh, after working in the uh, boat business in Southwest Florida, came to that realization that God is saying, look, it, it's time for you to do more. You know, I'm speaking clearly to you. Are you going to respond or not? And it's at that point we went back to school, and that was the beginning of our ministry. Uh, which eventually evolved into workplace ministry. We've been uh, actively involved in workplace ministry for, uh, gosh, let's see, since about 96 now. Wow, that's fantastic. You keep looking at Kathleen for other ideas, for words, but she is not going to say anything. She said she's not saying a word on here today. Okay, all right. So you, but when I looked at your resume, I've I've checked you out on LinkedIn. I've checked you out on your your website for tleadership.com. I've checked that all out. How would you describe your line of work? You're a counselor, a coach, an author, an executive. What what, what do you, who are you? That's a great (laughs) question. In 97, I joined a fellow named Mark Kress, who is a dear brother in Christ of mine, and Mark had just established Corporate Chaplains of America. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later because that's just a tremendous workplace ministry. Mark and I worked hand-in-hand for about five years, and then I I separated off from that because my background in counseling was trauma work. 
So from 96 until, uh, until today, quite frankly, uh, I've been actively involved in doing crisis intervention work in the workplace as a crisis intervention chaplain. So the companies that we work with are under contract, but they recognize that we come, come at our work from a spiritual basis. And uh, they're national companies. They're not Christian-led companies necessarily, not by definition anyway. So when you have one of these that you read about in the paper where there's a workplace shooting, um, homicide, suicide, industrial accident, uh, 18-wheel accident, and they say, well, we've called in crisis chaplains. Well, that's us. Hmm. That's fantastic. We're going to hear more about corporate chapters later. When we come back, we're going to talk about your book, The Good, Business thanks. Card. You know, when when, uh, when Martha and I first got introduced to this book by a buddy of mine from C12, Ross yeah. Harrop, one of my show sponsors, he goes, Jim, you got to read this book. So he gets me this book, and I read this book, and I go through and I'm like, Martha goes, well, that's one of those self-pub books. Is it any good? And I'm like, mm. oh, my. It's fantastic. Yeah. Not to mention, you didn't chintz on the cover because it's squishy. I like the squishy cover. Yeah. But when I read this book, I thought, that's the story I want to see repeated across the country good, of a good. businessman whose life was impacted by Christ, not only at a three-day silent retreat. <laughs> I love that. Good. Someday I want to go on one of those, but I'm not sure my heart can handle it. But the So his, his life is impacted, and therefore it impacts his family, saves his family, saves his marriage, right. saves his com- takes his company, and now he's impacting companies around the globe. Exactly. That's a story we need to repeat all, I mean, hundreds of millions of times around the globe. So I gave the book to Martha. I said, Martha, you need to read this book. We're actually in our in our business, His Way Bible Study that we do once a month. We're studying this in the month of July. And I've given this out to 10 business executives so they can read it because this story just tells the story of how we need to really yeah. get it done. And it's inspiring. So Martha, why did you, you know, when you read the book, what was the biggest impact on, on you by reading the book? Um, I think really making a decision to make a statement and to really believe yeah. the statement that you're going to make and to be able to stand behind it. And, yeah. um, you know, the Peter, the gentleman that the story is about, really purposefully did that and implemented it. And uh, the challenge is out there for others. And before we get back to our discussion with Dr. Steve Steff about the business card, this book that just changed the life of any business owner ever reads it, how a few words on a business card changed a man, a company, and a community, as we do every week, we highlight a book that'll help us gain perspective on incorporating Christ into the workplace. And this section, as always, is sponsored by Karis Christian Books and Gifts. And of course, our book today is written by Dr. Steve O. Steph called the business card. That's right. It's a few words on a business card that changed a man, really a family, a company, and a community. Sometimes in life, God decides to use the simplest things to initiate great change among his creation. This is possibly the only explanation for what happened as a result of just a few words added to the back of a business card by one successful American business owner. That's right. You need to get a copy of the business card because it's not coming out on movies. So you need to read the book. Don't wait for for the movie, call into our studio line 855-265-2929 that's 855-265-2929 so you can get a copy of the business card don't wait for the movie Uh, 
That's right. Good thing we have Whiteheart back there doing that song. What the great song that is back from the 80s. I love that. They're talking about reading the book, the Bible, which you as a Christian business person, a Christian business owner, or just a plain and simple Christ follower listening home to this radio show, you shouldn't do anything in your Christian walk except for read the Bible. If you haven't read the Bible yet, that's the greatest way to start expanding your walk with Christ is to get into the Word. And if you don't know where to start, what's the book you should start in, Mike Miracle? Oh, he doesn't have his microphone on. Well, he'll tell you the book of John is where you should start. Because if you want to find out who the Savior is that we serve, Jesus will tell you all about himself in the book of John. All right, let's get back to Dr. Steve Osteff talking about the business card. Steve, again, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you again. Thanks. Yeah, well, again, he's still thanking me. We haven't got to the end of the show. All right, so let's talk about this book, the business card. What inspired you to write this very excellent book? I'll try to keep this brief. I I was actually in the process of out outlining a book on uh, Christian virtues for men. And a friend of mine recommended, had told me one of the anecdotes of uh, about Peter and his uh, enlightenment, I guess you might call it. Uh, I, I didn't want to tell this story in my book as a second-person story, so we made arrangements to go down to Spartanburg, South Carolina, meet Peter Freisler down there, and hear his story firsthand. Went down, he tells me this story about the company that he's doing business with in Indonesia, and then we break and we go to lunch, and over lunch he's telling me story after story after story. Before we had left lunch, we had decided to ditch the first plan for a book, do the book on Peter's story, named it the business card before we ever left the table, and started an outline. By the time a friend and I drove back from Spartanburg, we had most of an outline of the book done. So, had you ever written a book before? No, no. So, you never written a book. A couple this was of articles, your, never written a but book. This, no. So, this book, the business card, I've got it right here in my hands. This is your first book. That's my first book. Most people don't write their first book and add a home run. Because well, this book is a home yeah. This book is a home run. And I do like the squishy, co- the I cover like the squishy I, I, cover. I really myself. like the squishy yeah. cover. I like the simple things alike. Now, Peter's name of Peter's business is Polydeck. Polydeck Screen, yeah. Polydeck Screen. But if you go to his website, it's polydeckscreen.com. And I and I encourage you to go out there and do yes. some research. And I'll post this on my on Facebook tonight. Because right there in the website, everything that you've written in the book is out there in the website yep. for everybody to see. His uh, his statement of really what he, he's got is uh, his Polydeck vision, his mission statement, his core values, his caring committee statement. Correct. All of it's there for the world yep. to see and to hold him accountable to what he's saying yep. is going to happen. Yep. I, I think what's important to know about Peter is that this is not a guy that has learned how to develop and to live out his Christian life over a period of a decade or two. This is a man that six years ago, the temp agencies in Spartanburg, South Carolina, would not send temp workers to his company because they were too hard on them. So they, they refused to go. And as a result of this, this change in life, this the Holy Spirit moving in his life, it, it's changed everything. Six years. Six years. Yeah. Six well, years over ago. Six years now through this whole thing. It, it literally, he went from, Jim, from we won't send people out to work for you any longer. He went from that to within 60 days having an all-hands-on-deck meeting in front of all of his U.S.-based employees, standing up in front of his employees and asking their forgiveness for the way he's treated them. Hmm. That's pretty remarkable. That is fantastic. Okay, so you've never written a book. You you're, you get you hear this guy's story. You say, okay, I want to write about yep. Peter, the owner of Polydeck, who who wasn't. He, he's not originally from Spartanburg. He's from South Africa. South Africa. Yeah. 
Which means he's got a really cool accent. He's got a great accent. How do you even know about Spartanburg from South Africa? Which must really screw with people in Spartanburg. It must mess with their mind, totally mess with their mind, because he's a guy with a South African accent talking from Spartanburg, North Carolina. South Carolina? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the driving force behind the book, what made you say, okay, i got to write that book? I think it was just the the anecdote after anecdote of, of of how the story, the simple story, had changed all the people he's encountering. I mean, I, I understand that it changed Peter, but it was having such a profound business impact on the people that he would encounter, from the people that worked with him to even the court system up in I think Pennsylvania when he he had an incident up there. To his Indonesian clients over, uh, you know, the other side of the globe, uh, he, he, what what occurred to Peter was, I am a believer, I'm a professing believer, but it's never occurred to me that I'm supposed to live that out in my workplace. Oh, I have no problem at all living it out in my home or in my church or with my friends, but in the workplace, I'm supposed to do something else there. Then w- once that revelation came to him then it's this is a risky thing how do we do this uh one of the anecdotes in the book well you may get to that later but you know when you tell your sales department that you're going to put the name of christ on the back of your business cards you might get a little pushback on that. <laughs> you might get a little pushback. Yeah. yeah, that's for sure. But it was, you know, you say he, he didn't have a problem living out his faith at, at at church and at home, yet his family life was being impacted by his dual nature, his business nature. Of course. His family life, and we've talked about that. Martha and I have had a show on the impact of work and family and how it... You know, what you take home from work impacts everything that goes No on. question. So this turnaround in Peter's life also solidified his marriage and his, his relationship with his kids and made an impact on the relationship of hundreds and hundreds of families of the people that work for him. There, there's no question. It, is, it has touched every aspect of his life. Now, I want to be clear, you know, to be totally transparent on this, there have been stressors that have been brought up by this because Peter has made a decision. I'm putting a stake in the ground. This is the way I'm going to do things. So I don't want to imply that everything, even in his family life, that everything from this point on has been roses, because once you put that stake in the ground, there are people who are going to pull on that chain. <laughs> well, that's true, because they want to see, is it really anchored? That's exactly and, right. and it's got to be anchored in something solid like Christ. Exactly. And now we're, just for the listeners, I know more about this this company, Polydex Screen, than you do. We're not talking about somebody that makes screen for Windows. We're talking about aggregate screening. Exactly. We're talking about people that work in in uh, gravel pits that, I mean... Coal mines, salt coal mines, mines, copper mines. The, yeah. These are rough and tough people. This is, not, this is not just, you know, your, you know, your nice builders making mm-hmm. pretty windows. So, I just exactly. want to make sure people understood that. Yeah. So this was a big statement because when he decided to put his faith out front and to start living consistently because his life had been impacted by Christ, he started letting it impact everything he exactly. did in his business. Yeah. Their largest client is a Muslim-owned company in Indonesia. When you start to put the name of Christ on the back of your business card and the salesman that, that handles that particular account has to think, how are they going to respond to this? What, what is this company that provides all of my income as a salesperson, what are they going to do about this account? And that's, uh, like I said, that's, that's uh, from a human standpoint, that's uh, dangerous water you're in. Yeah, it's like getting out of the boat, like Peter oh, getting yeah. out of the boat and going, okay, well, if Jesus can walk in water, then I can That's walk in water. water. That's deep right. water. Now, and yeah. Peter did eventually sink, 
Oh, yeah. And Jesus rescued him. And there's a lot of naysayers saying, oh, Peter, well, you've started drowning. Yep. Yeah. He says, but I got out of the boat. That's exactly right. And, and you're Peter in the book, the business card, which you got to get a copy. And you've got it now on Amazon, right? Yes. And we also, yep. I'm sorry, Martha. That's we also okay. have it available. At, <laughs> we also have it available, of course, at Karis Christian Books Absolutely. and Gifts right yes. here in Largo. Their 2,400 square foot store has been part of the community for almost 30 years. <laughs> so, all right, when we come back, we're going to hear from Martha some of the highlights of the book that really made an impact on her. We're going to also, we're, we got some more. More questions for Dr. Steph. Uh, sorry, you know, Steve. Steve-O. Steve-O. Like Steve yeah. Dr. Steve-O. <laughs> Steph. All right. Back to the discussion on the business card. Martha, I want you to start off the discussion. Talk to me about the highlights from the book, the things that really impacted you. Um, well, a couple of things that really stood out to me is thinking a lot about the, um, it highlights the story of Daniel and, and just that example of um, how Daniel didn't want to eat the food that was, um, you know, sacrifice to the idols and he said give me vegetables and see if you see a difference and just the same thing where you could see the difference in Daniel um, because he took a stand um, we can have that in our own businesses where we can uh, letting other people see the difference in our businesses because we're taking a stand and we're saying we're going to do this God's way whether the world thinks it makes sense or not and along filtering down from that too as we've talked about many times is the fact that nobody can dispute your testimony and I think that's a really strong message that Peter has throughout this book and in his business is that nobody can dispute the change they saw in him and the way he stayed true to the conviction that God had given him. And I think that's a great challenge for business owners because often we can get discouraged um, or lose sight of it. And I'd love to know more about how he woke up every day and resolved himself or reminded himself, you know, that today I'm going to make the same decisions for God that I, you know, was convicted to make originally. Um, Because those are the things that we need to implement in our own businesses. And I run a Christian business, and I'm still challenged. We're in the middle of sure. starting to um, relook at our logo and do some rebranding and stuff. And I specifically want to have a place um, for a message on my card as well. Because even though we are a Christian resource company, um, I still people you know need to know what we really stand for as well so it really has um, done all of those things for me well just because the name christian is in the name of your business doesn't mean it reflects christ and that and that's part of the issue is one of the reasons that inspired me for this show was i've done business with so many people who called themselves quote-unquote christians Mm -hmm. and yet when i did business with them it didn't feel like i was doing a deal with god it felt like i was doing a deal with the devil Absolutely, yeah. and, and and it was frustrating, but it's because we haven't mentored from within our churches Christian business people on how to bring their faith to work, they, and to teach them that if Christ has impacted your life, it should impact all of your life. If He's not Lord of all, He's not Lord at all. You know those those same things. Well, I think it was also really encouraging when you were talking about what industry this was written about, and the fact that who would ever think that Christ could even be part of a min- an industry like this? So, what a challenge it is for everybody else that if you have a painting company or if you have a you know a, a business promotional company or whatever that you can do it with christian values um and the same side in a business that is a christian based business um a lot of people think well, you're just in business to get 
rich off of the Christian product, yep. and that's not the case either. So both sides of the coin need to be looked at. Well, and if you can if you can draw attention to Jesus Christ in the heavy equipment industry, the yeah. aggregate industry, yeah. where people blow things up, crush things, <laughs> destroy things, dig huge holes, dig big caves, if you can do it there, you can do it anywhere. Absolutely. You notice in, on, on the business card, that is Peter's business card, and, and now everyone at his company, it says his core values, it gives his core values, and it says based on the Christian values of, well, Martha, there's not anyone that pushes back on Christian values. I don't care whether you're Jewish, Muslim, whatever you are, nobody's going to push back on those values. That's right. Well, let's, so let's you just can read run it. your business according to those so values. Let, let's just read that, what it says there. Yeah, well, you're hoping Okay, I'll read, read it. it. I'll We're get a company. We are a company grounded in the Christian values of honesty, integrity, respect, kindness, and a sense of social responsibility. There's no one that's going to argue with those. Now, you're not requiring that everyone in your business be a Christian. Mm -hmm. But you are putting yourself, holding yourself accountable, not only to the word of Christ on the back of your business card, but you're holding yourself, your salespeople, everyone that handles one of those business cards, you flip it over, and this is who we are. Mm -hmm. If I'm doing anything that doesn't align with these values, I need to be held accountable to those. In fact, that's one of my favorite parts in the book, where he's coming to a meeting that he knows is very stressful, and there's a lot of conflict, and when he gives them his business card, and the the owner of the company reads it, throws it on the table, turns around, looks at the throws window, it down. turns around again, reads it, looks, turns around, looks out the window. You know, and he was convicted yeah. that, like you said, who can refute those core values? And then at the same time, realizing that he himself had those values, and how could he be in that moment of conflict with this company? That was pivotal, and. Uh, I would have loved to. It, well, the way you wrote it, I felt like I was in the yeah, room well, because I, I really, I really saw that turmoil going on internally in him, and uh, that that really spoke volumes. I, I think that the, the great thing for me about the Peter deal is, if you had asked Peter six or seven or ten years ago, he would have told you those same core values. He had just never made the connection that once I walk onto my my business property. I'm not living those out anymore. Hmm. You know, this yeah. is a different thing. I believe in them, but yeah, business is a different thing. Mm-hmm. And just never made that connection. Well, and we've still got a copy of this book to give away today. People must just be stuck in traffic. That down power line on 41 must be blocking everybody up. Mm-hmm. Call into the studio line, 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929. Call in and get a copy of this book, The Business Card. I'll guarantee when you read this book, you will want to buy 10 more copies to give to your friends who are in business because this book makes an impact. Look, the lines are lighting up like crazy. It's like a Christmas tree. All right, so... <laughs> Steve, we've heard we've heard from Martha on her favorite part of the book. What is your favorite part of the book? I, I think probably my favorite part is that uh, that story of uh, Peter walks into his uh, into his sales meeting with an armload of boxes of boxes of business cards. You know, all of his salespeople. This is a global business, and the business cards when you take them out and look at them, they look exactly like the old business cards until you turn them over. And on the back of the business cards was their new uh, core value statement. And their mission statement. And particularly the salesperson for Indonesia said, I I can't do this. I've got one client. It's the largest mine in the world. And they're a Muslim-owned and run organization. Peter said, well, I'll tell you what. 
just to prove how much I believe in this, I'll call on your client for you. So Peter goes to Indonesia. He meets with the guy. I'm making a very long story short, but he, he meets with the company. And after a day with the company, they're ready to send him home. And he figures, well, we've lost this client. Uh, the guy says, you know, I, I read your business card. And Peter says, well, that's, you know, that's done. I might as well go to the airport now. And the guy says, uh, obviously, we come from a different uh, spiritual point of view, but we believe in the same thing you do. Well, he felt pretty heartened with that, but they didn't conclude any business at, at that time. Mm-hmm. So he goes back to the state, still thinking, this guy isn't the decision maker. He's got other decision makers in here. They call him back a couple of weeks later, and you've got to read the book to get the rest of the story. But the bottom line is, it's a happy ending. Mm-hmm. And, and they recognize we're not in conflict on our core values. We may be in conflict on the on the source of those core values, the source of the strength to realize these core values, but we're not in conflict on those. So figure out who you are and what you believe, and then you'll get the opportunity to share people from where the belief comes from. And there is not a person on this earth that doesn't want to be treated with honesty, Absolutely. integrity, respect, kindness, and a sense of social responsibility. Are there other corporations out there where the leaders have taken this step of faith, like Peter did at Polydeck. Thousands of them. Thousands, thousands of them. them. Now, obviously, we haven't worked with thousands of them, but... What about ones... Talk to me about ones you've dealt with. Ones that we've... Uh, gee whiz, everything from Gigi's Cupcakes. You like cupcakes? Gigi's Cupcakes. <laughs> look at me. Do I look it's like a, I like cupcakes? It's a Christian-run business. We've been blessed to work with a lot of them. And, and I tell you, Jim, the interesting thing is the way God has used this is we've had the opportunity to work with... Uh, companies that are not Christian-owned companies, but they've come to the realization that core values are making a huge difference. Mm. Uh, people are concerned these days about how they're treated. They've come to that realization. Well, and let's let's do a clarification. Core values are an important thing, but core lots of companies have core values. We're talking That's about right. taking your core values and making sure that every employee in the company know what your core values are, right. and they hold the owner accountable for making sure the core values are lived and breathed from the top down. Let me tell you a company with great core values, publicly owned company. I've done a little bit of work with, but I, I, I know them very, very well. Coca-Cola Consolidated of Charlotte, the second largest Coca-Cola distributor in the nation, has Christian leadership. And they drive ministries, Christian ministries, through that entire organization. Uh, Donnelly Communications out of Atlanta, Georgia, is a call center. And it's a Christian-run organization. They drive Christian-based, Christ-centered core values throughout the organization. They're, it, it, is, it is a movement. It's the largest and I think fastest growing mission field in the world right now mm-hmm. is the workplace. Well, and and that's what you know. Billy Graham said it forty years ago. Absolutely. Oz Hillman's one of my one of my friends. He's been on the show several times. He said it again and again. The final um, revolution. I wanted to say revolution, but the final revival will happen in the workplace because the churches are in danger of becoming irrelevant. Excellent. We can't get people to cr- to enter the doors of the church, but. Because, well, they're, most of them are afraid of the lightning effect. That's right. Thank lightning you. Okay. Bolt. The lightning bolt effect. That's right. If I go to church, I am sure lightning will strike me on the head. But they go to work every day. And that's where we have the opportunity to be Jesus to them. Because people need to hear the truth of salvation. They need to hear the truth about right. Jesus. They need to not hear the religion part. They need to hear about, you have a Savior who loves you very much, who came to die for the sin that is encroaching and, and just destroying your life. Listen. And he paid the price 
for that sin. And then he rose from the dead to show that he could conquer that sin. And he's here to be your Lord. All you have to do is accept that free gift. That's what people need to hear. Absolutely. Business owners like Peter have come to the realization that it is Christ that has put them in business. It is Christ that will keep them in business. And they can even thrive, whether we're talking about spiritually or economically, but they can thrive doing business Christ's way. And if they don't do it Christ's way, he knows, he clearly knows. They will not thrive. I'm not talking about economic. I'm talking about thriving. Right. Well, and the largest mission field in the world is the workplace. Absolutely. I had an opportunity a few years ago to do a doctoral study with Haddon Robinson. A lot of your listeners will know Dr. Haddon Robinson. Uh, Haddon stayed and worked with our group doing leadership and ethics, workplace leadership and ethics, because Haddon said the largest and most important mission field today is the workplace. Mm. All right. So listen, what kind of encouragement can you offer those business professionals out there who want to live their faith in Jesus on their sleeve at work? What are some kind things you and Martha can both say? What what, what are some things, Peter? What are are those things, Steve? Sorry. Peter gave an example, but what are some of those things that you've seen? I I think where we sometimes get stumped, we feel like we're, we're we're running into a roadblock is it is not necessary for us to enter our workplace as an evangelist. It's first important for us to enter our workplace showing the light of Jesus Christ. That is first, I've got to demonstrate it. And if I demonstrate, we're supposed to be salt and light. If we're salt and light, that's going to be attractive. Everybody likes salt and everybody likes light. If we can be attractive enough and and determine our own Christian, I'm going to go back to that core values word, But if we start living that out and people start seeing that working in the way I treat people and living the life of Jesus Christ, that's going to be attractive enough that at that point, then we can use it to evangelize if you want to use the word evangelize. But first, they've got to see Jesus Christ in me. What's funny is that that word evangelize has lost the truth of it, just like the word Christian has lost the truth. Evangelize makes people have been, well, I'm going to get evangelized. It's... You just need to hear the truth. Anybody that's listening today, you just need to hear the truth. The truth about Jesus is very different than the truth that you've been taught on the street. Because if you find out about the Jesus that's my Lord and Savior, there's no way you can reject him. When they can see the change that happened in Peter Freisler and the change that happened in the other leadership with Polydeck, uh, Polydeck Screen, that is irresistibly attractive. People are drawn to that. They can't turn away. People want the peace that passes all understanding. But if they can't see it in their leadership, why would they think they could see it in Jesus Christ? Mm. All right. We mentioned corporate chaplains earlier. Talk to me about that organization. And you said Mark Cress. Mark, yeah. Okay. Talk to me about that organization. What is the purpose of that organization? Uh, yeah, let me hit. I want to hit you with corporate chaplains real quickly and then with another His Way at Work. Corporate Chaplains of America is based out of Wake Forest, North Carolina. Uh, Mark started Corporate Chaplains of America in 1996. And I forget how many chaplains they have in the workplace now, full time, uh, I think north of 150 chaplains. They will put a chaplain in your workplace that is in your workplace often enough on a weekly basis to build and to develop a relationship with everyone in that workplace. They're not there full time, but they are there weekly. And they they are the um, spiritual link, if you will, that that allows the uh, business owner to step out of the, if you're pardon the expression, the priesthood role 
and run that business, they provide a confidential resource for everyone in the business. And over a period of time, as that relationship develops with that chaplain, they uh, they become the church in the workplace. They become the pastor, if you will, in the workplace. They they have very strict training and and, and uh, rules that they work with. They're not going to walk in there with your coffee table Bible, uh, beating people over the head. Uh, it's not it, a real effective way anybody it, to lead it somebody to Christ. It just doesn't work. It's lifestyle. All right, you got 30 seconds left. Talk about His Way at Work. His Way at Work, tremendous ministry that's sponsored by Peter Freisler and, and some other business owners they've got. His Way at Work will come and work, help with you in your business to help you understand how to do the transition that's happened at Polydex Screen. It's just that simple. They're www.hwaw.com. Great group of guys. Uh, they help you get where Polydex Screen has gotten. Well, and it's, it's fantastic. And, and, you know, I don't make money. I don't sell books and make money. And I know I promote a lot of books on this. And that's because I'm a prolific reader. And when I read a good book that inspires me and, and challenges me to live even stronger in my own workplace, I want my listeners to understand that this is a book you should get. If you are in business, whether you're the leader, the owner, a manager, or somebody who's occupying a cubicle and reporting to other people, this is a book you need to get because it will impact your work. And your workplace, the business card by Dr. Steve O. Steff. We're Christ followers who own our own business, but ultimately, I work for him.